Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery and addiction topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The views expressed here are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised there may be strong language or topics of an adult. recovery sort of i'm billy i'm a person in long-term recovery i'm jason i am also a guy in long-term recovery and this week we are going to talk about cell phone addiction cell phone addiction yeah it's a fun thing we see at least i see a lot i observe a lot of these behaviors in my kids definitely in my wife i see it in myself (laughs) at times and try to actively watch what i'm doing so we want to talk a little bit about that get your feelings and opinions on it. I mean, I did very minimal research for this. I was counting on you to do it all. But I did see that there's some argument about whether cell phone addiction, technology addiction, internet addiction, whatever you want to call it, social media addiction, like there's a whole lot of different variations of this same similar concept. And there's some disagreement about whether it's really a classifiable or diagnosable thing or not. So it'll be interesting for us to get into that. And maybe we'll even discuss whether we think it is or not. Before we do any of that, I did want to acknowledge Stephanie reached out to us, one of our good friends, and she wanted me to thank you for your association of the higher power and the wind. You had an analogy about that. She really appreciated that analogy. It helped her and her recovery to understand a little better. Is that from step 11, maybe? Yeah, step 11. I just wanted to pass that along to you. you. Sarah had reached out to us, a friend of ours, and she really loved the ACEs episode. Just been hearing a lot of good feedback about quality stuff. Autumn as well uh, reached out to us and gave us a nice compliment. And so it's just great. I I think when people reach out, I feel a little more useful and not just like I'm talking into space sometimes, even though this is, I would do this if nobody listened, probably just because it's fun to talk to you. Yeah, I enjoy it as well. Also, I'd like to give a shout out to my other friend, Jason, who I ran into and he mentioned he had been using the podcast during, I guess, a lot of the COVID pandemic things he had been listening to podcasts pretty regularly and and got a lot out of it sweet and and one other weird thing so i happened to like get stuck on youtube the other day i don't even know what i was trying to figure out but there was like all these analytics and i don't even understand most that's because they want you addicted they keep you engaged so you don't even know what you're watching well (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't watching anything i was looking at the back end of our youtube at the analytics (laughs) and like i said i don't understand most of that shit it's so far beyond me there's all these different things and people who click at the end and what counts mean and blah 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 so anyway one of the things i found funny was that like one of our main clicked or searchable terms to the best i could understand it said that like terms people search that led them to us was spanking (laughs) (laughs) 
What? Have we ever talked about that? I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess my wooden belt, maybe. I, I, I'm like, what the fuck is? How is? I don't. And the first thing I went when I think of spanking, I don't even think of spanking kids anymore. Like it's definitely perverted. In my oh yeah, head. that's it's, I went right to sexual. <laughs> yeah, it's like some BDSM or. But anyway, I bet people are not finding what they're looking yeah, for right. when they stumble across us. That is not what we do here. No, there are no videos of me spanking Billy. That has <laughs> yeah. not happened. Oh, so. Anyway, back to cell phone addiction. Some terms that I came across that I had never heard of. I guess they're new age, newer terms as a result of technology things. One of them was nomophobia. Nomophobia. Can you guess what you think that is? Nomophobia. The fear of no more. Fear of going without your phone. <sighs> so that is now a phobia. <laughs> It should be nomophonophobia. <laughs> right. No phonophobia. No phonophobia. Texaphrenia. Oh, no, I didn't even know how to say it. I should have practiced Te saying Texaphrenia? Yeah. Texaphrenia. Is that like frenetic texting? Like uncontrollable texting urges or something? The fear that you can't send or receive texts. Oh, that's a fear. Yeah. Texaphrenia. I'm scared that, yeah, I don't like when I'm without service. Yeah. And this is a thing I think I've experienced phantom vibrations. Oh, yeah. That doesn't need any explanation. No. I don't know what that is. I but get I've a had shit that, ton of that. Know, pull my phone out. Oh, I could have sworn somebody texted me. <laughs> like, I will have my phone in my hand and feel it vibrate in my pocket. And I'm like, what the? F <laughs> and I check it, of course. I'm like, oh, there's nothing there. It's in my hand. So, and I always <laughs> leave my phone ringer off. I never turn the ringer on. It is 100% of the time on vibrate. Mm. So I find the ringer offensive and annoying. Yeah. So mine never makes a noise. I mean, other than the vibration noise. I did that for a time and now I've reverted back. I, I have the ringer on, but it doesn't ring very much. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> There's not many rings on my phone. And all the text message and notification sounds are turned off. Except for like one important person in my life. And I'm like, yeah, I want their text messages to make noise. But everybody else, I'll see it when I see it. Yeah. So in my everyday job, I do dispatching and stuff, communications with the employees at work. So my phone is either text or calls all day. Right. And so it just gets annoying as shit with all these different noises going off all I the gotcha. time. So it just vibrates. I mean, it's usually sitting close enough to me that I hear it or notice it. So. I have yet to have anybody text me with an offer for like a million dollar deal and I missed it because the sound was off. So I'm just going to stick with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nobody's doing that for me. You know, getting back to the sort of addiction point of most of this, really what interested me in this is the concept of is this really an addiction and mm -hmm. then how dangerous is it for people? Is it something i need to worry about because like say some of these things when you when you read or hear about it i'm like oh i definitely fall into that category you know i was right. looking at some of these they have a bunch of quizzes and things you can take to see if you're addicted to your technology or if you're mickey mouse yeah <laughs> and more or less what it came to for me was it's like most substances or or things that people get addicted to there are plenty of people that can use it healthy that that aren't addicted to these things and then there's the vulnerable people that tend to get sucked in or tend to get caught up and then there are levels to all of it 
you know. Well, now you're hurting my feelings because I generally judge the vulnerable people, but I feel vulnerable with this one. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you qualify to some degree. I might. I might. I do pull my phone out a lot. And then I'll I'll run out of things that I generally look at. Like I have my my normals, you know, my go-tos. And then when I run out of them, I'll set my phone down. And I'm like, oh, well, I'll just sit here for a couple minutes without looking at it then since all my stuff's, you know, I've read all the news and everything's all up to, to date. And then within like 10 seconds, I'm reaching for it. And I'm like, oh, my God. So everything that I read, which was not very much. But anyway, (laughs) the little bit that I read basically said that the argument about it being an addiction in the professional community isn't really about whether it has the addictive properties. They all agree on that. It has addictive properties and people do interact with their phones or the Internet in addictive ways. The argument was that. It's not producing the same disquality of life as these other addictions, and therefore they don't want to diagnose it. That was more of the, the thing. It wasn't like anybody was arguing, oh, no, this isn't addictive at all, or it doesn't harm your life. It's just that it's not harming your life the way a drug addiction, a porn addiction, a gambling addiction, anything along those lines really produces some negative consequences for you. And phone addiction, generally, you just don't have many friends and you sit at your house. Sort of. So the argument I would have to that is, you know, they talk about teen suicides and teen deaths and the suicide rate in young teenage girls. The preteen rate is up something like 125 percent in the last 10 years. And in teenage girls, it's up like 100 percent. And they attribute a lot of that to social media, all the filters, all the fake Instagram life and those sorts of things that are driving young people, especially vulnerable young women, to commit suicide. So, according to an article on NPR, teens that spend five or more hours per day on their devices are 71% more likely to have one risk factor for suicide. So that would agree with your statement. Yeah, and I... You know, recently watched a documentary on Netflix. I tend to watch a ton of documentaries. Anybody that knows me, that's I don't like fantasy shows or fake shows too much. I spend my day watching boring documentaries. But (laughs) there's actually a really interesting one. It's on Netflix now called The Social Dilemma. It goes into some of that and some of the other issues with social media. Over time, so I've kind of followed technology, and I've always – tried to pay attention to the dangers in technology as it's developed. And I'm not a conspiracy person. I love technology. I participate in all of it. But we've been watching it, you know, at least if you're observing some of these things, you've watched a pattern through like video games and some of the social media and different applications of these online games. Now you get all the online games on your phone and how their design is different than even video games back when I was a kid. So when I in the 80s and 90s, when video games first got to be popular in your home, like you would buy a game, it had a start, it had an end, there was like a mission that you had to go through. When you completed, the game was over, mm. you know. And occasionally you'd find there was some, you know, whatever they call it, like the Easter eggs or the hidden things that you could go back and try to do. Right. But in general, you bought a game, you finished it, and it was over. You were done with that game. That's not how games are anymore nowadays. Games are meant to keep you engaged indefinitely, you know, and the game designers will come out with 
if it's a, a war game or one of these first person shooters, you know, they'll come out with a new gun or a new skin for a gun or something that you can buy if you earn enough points or of right. course spend enough money. You can always spend money to to buy new camouflage armor, the newer, right. you know, this or that thing. So not only are these games designed to keep you engaged, but they want you to spend money. There's some sort of status symbol involved in a lot of it with how high ranking you are, how many points you get, mm. what kind of gear you have. And there's all these new levels of engagement, you know, so they're hitting so many more buttons than just the entertainment button. Something still feels different even beyond that, but definitely when I was growing up, we had Mario and, and we would play this Mario game and... You know, you would make it through four worlds out of the eight, but you only got so many lives. And when you died, there was no save. And so when you died, you had spent an hour and a half, two hours on it. You made it through four worlds. And then you died and the game's over and you had to start over from scratch if you wanted to start over again. And I'm like, eh, I've done enough of that. That was two hours of my life. Let's go outside for a while. And now, you know, I play a game with my kids sometimes called Rocket League. And it's five-minute matches against other people online. There is no finish, right? I mean, it's just a five-minute right. match over and over and over again, and there's no end, right? right? There's no, like, when the five-minute match is over, you either won or you lost, you feel good or you feel bad, and then you want to do it again. And it's like, holy shit. But even beyond that, there still feels to be some kind of different level. Like, back then, video games felt fun, but outside felt fun, too. And now it's like video games feel fun, but going outside sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, right. I don't know what happened. I've definitely just looking through the first few articles, there's a large correlation, right? Which could be the fact that we're changing as a society and these two things just happen to go together. You know, there's more cell phone use and there's also more depression and suicide. But basically, there's a large correlation between the fact that as cell phones become more prevalent in people's lives and more used throughout their day, there's a higher risk of depression and suicide in teenagers. Like, that just seems to be the, the basis of it. I'm not going to bore you with stats. You can easily look them up. They're everywhere. Yeah, and the thing we see is reducing cell phone use or reducing social media use. Is that really a huge thing to give up if the risk is that your teens might commit suicide? Like, <laughs> you know, right. even if there's no definitive, you know, 100% proof, because the technology has evolved way faster than the science, the research going into it. I mean, people don't categorize it as this, but the artificial intelligence machine that's at work behind a lot of these systems, we typically call them algorithms, but it's artificial intelligence. Like it looks for certain behaviors, it learns certain things about you and your likes or dislikes or engagements, and then specifically targets or gears itself to hit those engagements, you know? So right. if you're a young girl who's struggling with her looks and posting lots of selfies with filters and all that shit, it's going to find ways that will engage that person, you know, to, to keep that system going to keep them posting more pictures selfies and that's what these things like the like button and how many followers you have like those sorts of things are geared towards keeping you engaged by hitting dopamine receptors that make you feel good about yourself right and i'm sure there probably are at this point studies of people who they've convinced to step back from technology or give up you know their cell phones or social media for a little while 
and they probably have had a decrease in depression or a decrease in anxiety. So I wouldn't doubt those studies probably already exist on a small scale, at least. So like you're saying, I don't think it's a terrible thing, you know, relating to my 15 year old daughters. I hear them at times and I don't hear every conversation they have, but I hear them talk about their amount of likes or the amount of followers on TikTok or the amount of this or that. And everything we've talked about for this upcoming Christmas already, that gifts they want, all surround themselves with a status, right? Whether it's an expensive iPhone so that the people they don't know can have them as blue messages or whatever it is, <laughs> right? Or whether it's they want new bed frames, not because they don't like their bed frames, because they want matching bed frames for their room so that they can look better in their videos that they post <laughs> online. And I'm like, right. man, what a nicer time it was when I didn't give a fuck what my room looked like because nobody ever saw it. That's crazy to me. The whole thing for me is like, wow, right? Just all this stuff that you want is really geared around what you want to show other people. And I guess to some extent we all do that. But really the question behind all that, how do we step back when it's so easy not to? Like I've done that at points in time in my life. I've used the tools on the phone that tell me I've been on it too much when I set it for an amount of time. And I say, I just want to make a concerted effort to be on my phone less. And that lasts for a time. It's like a diet, right? Like it's lasted for a time. And then it's like, but it's fun and I'm not bored. And how do we step back? I get what you're saying. Why wouldn't we want to step back? But how? This episode has been brought to you by Voices of Hope, Inc., a nonprofit grassroots recovery community organization located in Maryland. Voices of Hope is made up of people in recovery, family members, and allies Together, members strive to protect the dignity and respect of those that use drugs and those in recovery by advocating for treatment, support resources, and mentoring. Please visit us at www.voicesofhopececilmd.org and consider donating to our cause. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Yeah, so there are a few practices you can do that they say will definitely help with that. Uh, we were chatting about a few before we started. So one of the things I do is I turn off all notifications on every app on my phone except for text messaging and my calendar apps. And that's because I have reminders of certain things where I need to be or calendar appointments. And then I keep in contact with my wife, kids, or people through text message. But as far as any sort of other apps, games, social media stuff, all notifications are turned off. You can remove time-consuming apps from your phone if there's certain things you know mm. you're addicted to or, or you know that are eating up a lot of your time. Stop doing them. So I was going crazy with the Candy Crush at one point in my life, and then I set a time limit on it with the Google Wellbeing or whatever the hell it was. And it was an hour a day. And after an hour a day, I could have the choice to turn it off. It would notify me or it would just turn off. Even though I could go back and turn it back on. But I, I didn't. I stuck to it. And then at some point, I just stopped playing. I was like, I'm done with this. It's a time waster, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I didn't play for like a year and a half. And now, I don't know if it's the pandemic or the election <laughs> stress or whatever the hell. 
I'm back on it. I'm like, this is better than scrolling Facebook. <laughs> like whatever, <laughs> right. I'll just be on here instead. Yeah, and for me, slowly I've gotten away from a lot of the social media, Facebook in particular. I just had the app on my phone and all that. I took the app off my phone. And I said, well, I'll only look at it when I'm on the computer or occasionally when, you know, I can pull it up on my phone. I just don't have the app. So, right. which they make you feel bad about that shit too. I don't know if you do it right through a web browser on your phone. Like they constantly want to tell you, like your experience in the app will be better. And they're right. giving you all these subtle hints that they want to put the fucking app on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> so I refuse. And now I just stay off of it altogether, mostly because like you're saying with the time limits, I'm like, oh, I'll get on and scroll through why I'm bored or whatever. And then I realize like I'm sucked into some argument or I'm sucked into some shit I'm reading that's made me angry. And I'm what I was really just killing time waiting for a flight or something. Now, all of a sudden, I'm mad after three days. <laughs> waiting for a flight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that fancy. Yeah. I'm like waiting for my kids to get done a soccer oh, yeah, game right. or something. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, trying to think of a random thing that you right. would be waiting around for. But yeah, <laughs> if I'm sitting around waiting for the kids or some school event kind of bored, it's like, oh, let me scroll through. And before I know it, I'm like totally unengaged with whatever's in front of me. And I'm actively engaged with whatever argument I'm in on Facebook. So I think this totally proves my point that we constantly go back and forth about that all people are sick <laughs> because I think we all are susceptible to cell phone or internet or technology addiction. I mean, we might be more susceptible as, as addicts or alcoholic, but I think everybody's susceptible to this. And so maybe our degree of ailment or sickness is a little greater, but I think this is all the proof I need to say definitively, all people are sick. Yeah. <laughs> well, everyone has degrees of unhealthiness in some right. form or another. I'm going to run through a couple of these, the things we can do to avoid it, and then we can get into who is most susceptible because I have that as well. So some of the things you can do, keep your phone out of sight. I know I'm a person that keeps my phone with me all the time, 100% of the time. It is always within arm's reach. I literally have it in my hand as Billy's talking. <laughs> Develop hobbies that feed your soul. Replace the games and social media apps with hands-on, real-world activities. Whoa. It's like you said, that shit sounds boring. <laughs> My phone games are so much more exciting than whatever's going on out in the yard. They're definitely easier. <laughs> right. It's so much easier to sit around and play a game than it is to pick up the ball and go in the yard with a dog. Oh, my God. That's a lot of work. You got to walk? Set your phone screen to grayscale. Ew. <laughs> yeah, right. I need full HD experience. Is that a thing? <laughs> With 4,000 colors. I can't. Can I even do that? Can <laughs> right. I do that? Yeah. Can you set it to grayscale? I'm... Uh, I'm sure that there are ways to do it. But these are things like if you really want to deter yourself from using these apps. I mean, how addicted to your phone were you when you had a fucking flip phone that you had to like hit the two button three times to get a C, you know? Oh, bro. T9. I used yeah, the right. T9 texting, predictive text. I was, yeah, I was still hooked. Were you? Dude, if you could send me pictures of boobies on it, I'm going <laughs> to be hooked to it. Oh my God. Okay. So I have it. So here's Facebook in grayscale. That is ugly. Yeah. You're right. I might turn my phone off if it looked like that. That's fucking terrible. Technology in and of itself isn't bad or good it's like looking at any other addictive thing i mean i don't know heroin's pretty bad <laughs> yeah heroin's bad that's a whole nother podcast topic i'd like to talk Maybe about it's not. Week. should we just legalize drugs but yes 
you know, it's like alcohol. Like, is alcohol good or bad? You know, it's, yes. I mean, it's obviously bad. there's dangers and there are things, but people like it and some people use it in a healthy way, I'll say. Do I don't they? know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe big alcohol has got me convinced. But in any case, not everyone that uses alcohol is a severe alcoholic that's going to damage their whole life and destroy their family. Some people can do it in a way that's fun or healthy. Can or, they? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I believe sure they about can. This. So technology is the same. Like it's got some great things about it. It's incredibly useful. Yes, yeah, social media can connect you with old friends or keep you in touch with people. It's just there are certain points or certain parts of it that suck us in and how far down we get into that addiction. If, and I use the word addiction loosely here. I'm not yeah. trying to compare it to people that suffer other types of addictions. Although I think when you say that teens are killing themselves at this exceptionally high rate, it's worth at least looking at the dangers that it presents to them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you're listening to our wonderfully joyous, informative podcast, you're using technology healthily. (laughs) And if you're doing anything else, it's bad. Don't do it. Was there any other suggestions beyond the grayscale to help? The only other thing they said, and I don't know you know, how this relates specifically to interacting with your technology, but it says adopt a growth mindset. Brief relapses, adjustments, and withdrawal symptoms are part of a journey towards a healthier phone use. Hmm. So I guess I would call that more self-honesty. We just need to be honest with ourselves. Like, yeah, I think I'm spending a little bit too much time on my phone, or I think I'm spending a little more time on my phone than I really want to. Maybe it's okay that I dial this back a little bit. I'm on my phone too much. I will be honest about that. But I have yet to see these terrible life-altering consequences that would make me want to do something different. I mean, that's not completely true. I I do already kind of want to do something different. I'm not to the point where I'm completely out of touch with my family or where I can't put it down and have family dinner or interactions or watch a show with them. But I am at a point where I'm like, this other thing sounds more interesting than watching a show with them. Right. But... Well, we see things like, say, we've we've talked about the teen suicide rates being up, but also texting and driving or, or interacting with your phone and driving, you yeah. know, and the risk that that is. I think one of the things I read said we know, and it sounded awful low. I imagine it'd have to be higher, but it says there's nine fatalities a day related to texting and driving alone. That's not any mm. other phone use. That's specifically to texting and driving, and that's fatalities. That doesn't include accidents. TikToks. Yeah. Facebook. <laughs> right. and, no, and that's a huge concern because that was a struggle for me. Uh, I've done some texting and driving in my past and seen the close calls I've had doing it and and I'm terrified by it. And I worry about that with my daughters being drivers in the near, near future. Like how can you stay off and know that it's just not that important until you get there. Right. And as an adult, it's hard enough, you know, when we know the risks and dangers of life and driving and all that, imagine teens where this is their connection to their whole social world. Yeah. You know, this is how they connect with all their friends and everything feels so important when you're, 16, 17, 18 years old. I need to buy some kind of program that turns their fucking phone mm-hmm. off except navigation while they're in the car. So, you know, those are two sort of more, I would say, extreme risks that yeah. are posed by this addiction. Uh, there's a few other minor ones that they list, which, 
again, for each person you have to decide, you know, is that really something I care about or not? Some of the signs that you might have a problem with your technology would be if you reach for your phone the moment you're bored or alone. Nope. I think I already admitted to that one. <laughs> you wake up multiple times at night to check your phone. I don't do that. I don't wake up to check my phone, but when I wake up to pee, I do take my phone and check it. Ooh, I don't do that. <laughs> mm, I'm sicker than you. You feel anxious, upset, or short-tempered when you can't get to your phone? No, because if I leave my house for like half an hour and I'm already gone and I realize I forgot my phone, there's one of two options. I'm either going back to get it or I'm just deciding, fuck it, I don't care until I get back. Because I will go through that if I like stay in that spot. I'll just make that call. It's like, look, I'm either going back to get it or I just don't care. Yeah. Now, when you get back, though, do you immediately go check it? Like, oh, shit, I've been without my phone for like an hour. I better go check to see what's going on. I try to. So one of the things I noticed, like when we were going to in-person meetings and I'll turn my phone on complete silence and put it in my pocket and not pull it out for the meeting because I do believe it's a huge distraction for me and people around me and I try to set the right example and then I'll walk out of the meeting and if I end up in like a good conversation with somebody like happens frequently after meetings I'll have the hour of the meeting the hour and a half of conversation with somebody and then I'm finally getting in my car to like go home and I'm like oh shit I forgot to check my phone I've gone through that like extended period but it's because I'm engaged like you said I'm, I'm active I'm doing something in person and I don't even think about the phone Right. So see, that's a case where the technology is what's actually keeping you engaged. If you can turn that shit off, all notifications and turn it to silent, it's way easier to not get sucked in. <laughs> I mean, if I'm doing something that I think is important and I try to stay engaged in and it's away in my pocket and I'm not looking at it, it's fine. The problem is that because of the pandemic and the way my life is set up, I'm generally just sitting in my fucking house with it in my hand or next to me. So there's... Mm -hmm. I don't have any reason to put it away. I'm not doing anything that important that it's going to interrupt it, right? I'm writing a school paper or I'm helping my son with school where there's lots of downtime or I can easily distract myself and not feel bad about it because I'm still getting what I need to get done done. That's some of the balance between healthy use and, and where it becomes really dangerous. Some of the other things, the results, they talk about phone use interferes with your job, performance, schoolwork, or relationships. Well, it interferes with my schoolwork, but I still get it done. <laughs> uh, you're spending more time using your phone than planned. Uh, yeah, daily. Your phone use has caused you to have an accident or injury. No, not that I know of. You know, again, if you answer yes to all of these, chances are you have like a phone addiction. Right. Maybe if you answer yes to a couple, then you're not quite at the addict phase. You're at the possible dangerous use you know or at risk right. you know, like. and then you know what would happen if you found some next new game or thing that sucked you in that become the addiction yeah the other thing to think about and this is where i believe young people and teens come in is people that are at risk i tend to think at least for myself or maybe even for you that yes i have done a few things that i consider phone addictive behavior stuff like one of them for me that i hate and i still do it and i'm aware of it and it bugs the shit out of me is that we'll be in a conversation someone will text me my phone will buzz in my pocket and i'll just pull it out and start looking at it like right in the middle of a conversation with someone mm. and it's fucking rude as shit right. <laughs> like i feel like an asshole when i do it but it's so almost instinctual 
You know, like I've been working on that recently more, like right. trying to to figure out how to how to handle that situation because it feels like almost like you. Like I don't get a ton of phone calls or a ton of texts when I'm not at work. I mean, at work it's different, but you know, when I'm not at work, so it seems like oh, if someone's texting me, this must be important. Mm. Or it's my wife. I have to reply right away, you know. So for my wife, that is the only message on my phone. And I actually, I mean to change this because I want my kids to be this way too. But that's like the only one that makes a noise. All the rest of them just come through silently. But her texts actually come through with a noise. And it's not really because I feel the need to respond to her right away. It's because I just, to me, that's like a sign of importance. And, and she might have some important, valuable information that I need in a timely manner. And everything else is kind of like, it'll wait till I get to it. But yeah, I, I've pulled my phone out doing things before and I, I don't like that either. I definitely <laughs> don't like when people do it to me. They seem very disengaged and I try to be 100% present when I'm with people to the best of my ability. Yeah. It's like rude as shit. Like if we're in the middle of a conversation and we're talking and then I just turn around and walk away right in mid fucking right. sentence, like that feels so rude. Again, this technology is all new for our society. I mean, when we're talking 10 years now, we've had like smartphones with text and all that's become like a daily thing. Right. And I think it's really interesting too, because we're looking at this from the perspective of two guys who've done some spiritual work on trying to combat an addictive behavior already and we've seen how this drug addiction manifested you know the addiction part manifested in all these other ways in our lives and so we've already kind of done a lot of work to try to combat that and here we are still struggling with some of these cell phone addictions right this smartphone problem and how we might overuse it and then i look at the fear i have for my kids who that's all they've known they grew up with this. Like, we didn't even grow up with it. I didn't have a fucking phone. I, I got a pager when I was in high school or something, right? But even then, like, that was very minimally used. But these people are growing up with their brains wired around this concept of having the phone on you all day, all the time. And so how much more susceptible or in danger or, or at risk are they going to be as opposed to people like you and me who didn't grow up with this? It's just been a new technology added and yet still has infiltrated our lives to this extent. Yeah, and for kids, I think it's even more scary or, or dangerous because all of their friends do it. You know, like it's not yeah. – it's very, very rare that kids aren't engaged in some form of social media or phone interaction on a regular basis. So that's what their whole peer network is doing, and things matter, you know, your social media presence and who you're posting pictures with and, and those sorts of things matter to your social acceptability i hear about it all the time because my kids have daily technology limits like time limits to the best of my ability to set them i'm sure they have some workarounds here and there i've found some and <laughs> shut them down <laughs> but they have that and i hear all the time how none of their friends have that and they're embarrassed for their friends to know that they have time limits and all this stuff and i'm like this is the best i can do <laughs> and and the limits i've put on them are still above what people recommend is the right amount of time for people, you know, the healthy amount of time. It's like still above that, but I'm like, there at least needs to be some kind of time where you get bored and want to go outside or want to play a game or want to talk to somebody in your family. Like there's gotta be some boredom. Yeah. And boredom is actually a healthy thing. So my kids, we've 
briefly talked about on here go to an alternative school, and part of their school is they aren't really forced to engage with any learning at all. Mm -hmm. Like if they don't want to participate in classes in a day or they don't want to participate in a discussion, they don't have to. They can go outside. And so the school has put some limits on technology because that was creating a new barrier. But they basically counted on the boredom of the kids to actually get them engaged in learning. Because if you're bored, you'll seek out things that are interesting. The idea behind the school is that, yeah, the kids will all come. They'll go through a phase where, oh, what, I'm not forced to learn anything? Well, fuck, I'm not learning anything. And then they do that for a little while and go, wow, just sitting around wasting time doing nothing is kind of boring. Maybe learning is kind of interesting when I'm not forced to do it. Because not Mm. everybody wants to learn math at 10 o'clock on Tuesday morning every day. Some kids want to do something else on It's a beautiful day outside. I want to go outside. Back to your point is that boredom is important for their personal exploration and personal growth. Yeah, if you'd have tried to teach me four weeks ago about the show that came before the Andy Griffith show, I didn't know Andy Griffith was a spinoff, by the way. I would have been like, shut the fuck up. I don't care. Not really. I'm not rude, but I wouldn't have cared. And yesterday I found myself reading all about the precursor show to the Andy Griffith show because it seemed really interesting to me. And so, yeah, you learn when you're motivated or interested. And it's kind of terrifying. I mean, if you look into it, I believe Steve Jobs, the guy who invented the iPod, the iPhone, the iPad, would not let his kids have an iPad because he believed in the process of boredom and that leads you to innovation and imagination and all those things. Invention, yeah. yeah, creativity. So the guy who made these decided they weren't good for his kids because he made them because he was bored. And that's one of the things they brought up in the, the Social Dilemma documentary. A bunch of the engineers and designers of these technologies either don't allow their kids to be on it at all or have very restrictive limits yeah so because they realize the dangers of these things and one of the things that was interesting was and i like to think of it this way because it helps me to realize like it's not like these cell phone companies or these social media companies or these evil people that are out to get us and destroy our society because that wasn't really the goal or the design of these systems they really have lots of useful benefits they have lots of things that they can do for our society, but there are risks that come along with it. Mm, They're the devil. (laughs) So is there a quiz? Are we taking a quiz? Are we finding out if we're addicted? So, yeah, you can go online and take lots of quizzes. Most of them are like a lot of the online quizzes that you take. So we're going to answer some of these questions today, but we're not going to get the scale of what the results are because the online quizzes all work in a way where you got to answer them and then they'll email you the results because they want to try to sell you something. That sounds like they just want to roll you into internet addiction. (laughs) It definitely is exactly what it is. And this particular site that I I like their quiz the best, but I don't want to promote the site. So I'm not going to tell you which one it is. (laughs) Do I find out which Disney princess I am? Yeah. For me personally, answering the questions was more like self-reflective. Because Mm. again, I don't need some random fucking person on the internet to tell me whether I'm addicted to my phone or not. My behavior, my interactions with my wife, my interactions with my family, how I feel about my behavior are going to tell me if I'm doing it too much or if it's a problem. That makes sense. It's just like my recovery. Like I don't go to the internet and search for advice about my recovery. I go to people that I trust, my sponsor, people in my support group, people that know me. They're the people that I want to get advice from. Yeah, you're an addict when you say you are. Right. (laughs) Unless I say you are. So I don't necessarily trust the internet to tell me what I need to do about my phone addiction. 
per se. My <laughs> cell phone would definitely know if I'm a phone addict or not. <laughs> yeah. It's probably the most inclusive information. Go look at your time, how long you spend. Yeah, don't they have wanna. a meter on there I that think tells so. you your phone screen time? I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't know what mine is. I don't think I've ever looked. You're on your way to work, and you need to check the time to see if you're running late. How do you do it? Check my watch like a normal person. Check my phone, of course. Whoa, hold on. Does it really say check my watch like a normal person? It does say like a normal person. So I just got a watch for my birthday this last year, and I wear it pretty regularly now. I still forget to check the time on it half the time because (laughs) I spent 20 years not wearing a watch because I said I have a phone in my pocket. What the fuck do I need a watch for? It's uncomfortable. So I, I don't... I. Take offense to that. I take that personally. I okay. think I was very normal without a watch. Justification. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I check my phone, of course. It's always within reach. I ask someone to glance at the clock nearby. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Why can't I just glance at the clock nearby? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. I read that wrong. It said I asked someone else or glance at the clock uh, nearby. Okay. Sorry, I read that wrong. Yeah. Hey, Billy, can you look at that clock over there that I see and <laughs> right. tell me what time it is? I can't read clocks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that question I don't like because when I'm on my way to work, I'm driving and the clock is in the car. Mm. So it's right there next to the phone and I don't have to push anything to see it. So that's yeah. kind of dumb. And I don't wear a watch. I don't like jewelry of yeah. any kind, really. I wear my wedding ring. That's the only thing. I don't like other jewelry. I don't wear necklaces, rings. Same. And just because I find them uncomfortable right. is really the only reason. I have nothing against them. So generally, though, not when I'm driving to work because that's when I check the car time. But any other time of the day, when I want to check the time, I generally do pull out my phone and look. Yeah, I definitely check my time on my phone. I pull out my phone and look, and then I respond to the notifications, and then I put my phone away, and then I pull my phone out again because I forgot to check the time. Yeah. (laughs) That's my pattern. So, uh, where do you keep your phone while you sleep? And here's the options. On my nightstand, next to my bed, of course. It's charging on the other side of my bedroom. Charging in another room. Or, I don't know, I turned it off in my bag or something. What kind of monster charges their phone in the other room? Well, who turns their phone off ever? (laughs) (laughs) That's even more of a weirdo. The guy who charges his phone in another room also has a list of names of people he's going (laughs) to shoot in the near future. That's fucking weird. I'm sorry. In this day and age, I do find that weird. Probably super healthy. Weird. And again, back to before I had like a smartphone, when I had a flip phone or whatever, we just charged all our phones out in the dining room. We had like mm. a little charging station area where we all kept our chargers plugged in all the time. And that's what where my wife and I kept our phones charged all the time. It wasn't next to me, next to my bed. Those charging stations lasted for about a year. <laughs> and then there was so much technology in your house. It was like, I don't need a charging station. I need an entire wall of plugs. Right. <laughs> that's what the fuck I need. <laughs> Outlets everywhere. And now, and again, I have eliminated... A thing, you know, I don't have an alarm clock next to my bed right. anymore. You What's know, that? it's my phone is there. I use that for my white noise while I sleep. Well, that's the other thing I didn't even think of. I play a white noise while I sleep, you know, and it's an app on my phone. I use the technology in a way that I think helps me. Yeah. And I don't think that that's bad. I don't know if sleeping with noises is healthy or not. I always assumed it was and it helps, so I do it. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I have my alarm set and I use it. And it definitely charges right next to my bed. For yeah, sure. Mine charges right next to me too. 
So, have you ever checked your phone for the time, got distracted by notifications on the screen, and then put the phone back in your pocket only to forget what time it actually was? Just said I did that. That is definitely (laughs) what I do every time I check the time. So, yeah, that's the choice is never. It only happens once. Oh, man, that happens to me all the time. Yep, that's me. You're the all the the time. You just got to work and you realize you forgot your smartphone at home. What do you do? Panic, turn around, go straight back home to get it. I'm annoyed but not overly concerned. I'll go home to get it during my lunch break. Don't really care. I can go the whole day without it just fine. Chances are I have a laptop with me that can pretty much do everything my phone does. (laughs) (laughs) So I won't worry about it too much. I'll just pop the laptop open and answer text messages and whatever else I need to do on it and get all my notifications. I don't get the notifications as well, though. Like, I've got them turned off on the laptop because they're stupid. Yeah, right. And see, this is one where, like, yeah, I would probably have to turn around and go get it or maybe go get it at lunch. But that's because I use it for my, like, that's part of my job is to have my phone. So for me, it's like a work tool. It is kind of a work tool for me, too. I just think I could probably get by without it. But, yeah, I don't know. But also when I'm at work, I don't check my phone for other shit. I guess occasionally I used to get on Facebook on the computer at work, but I don't like check my phone for notifications and shit like that. Well, and this is where calling it cell phone addiction becomes tricky because really if I've left my cell phone at home and I don't go back to get it only because I have a laptop that does all the stuff <laughs> it does and is connected right. to all the same shit, is that any, like I'm still doing right. it. I just don't have the phone. I got a bigger It's like, I'm piece. not doing heroin. I'm just smoking weed. Right. <laughs> right. I, just, I got my methadone. Not the same. <laughs> I got my cell phone suboxone. <laughs> right. I get my fix some other way. So how often do you check your phone during the day? All the time, probably every five minutes or so, every 30 minutes or so, at least once an hour, once every few hours, only when I hear it make a noise or when I need to use it for something. In general, when I'm doing nothing else, all the time, every five minutes. Yeah. But if I get engaged in something, like I mentioned, if I have a phone call or anything like that. I don't worry about any notifications I've missed or anything like that. Like I'll go extended periods of time where my interest is elsewhere and I don't really care. I just don't have to do that very often. So I don't, I won't check it if I'm doing something else. I mean, if I'm working, I don't really check it very often. If I'm engaged in something, I don't check it very often, but like at the same time, like today, later today, I'll go home and be watching football on my phone and football on the television <laughs> at the same time so that I can watch two different games at the same time. Right. But I don't know. Is that a football addiction or is that? <laughs> yeah. See, and that's where we. I like the idea that NA just calls it addiction because you don't have to. It's going to come out in a whole lot of sideways directions, right? right? I don't have to specify because I. I'm not any healthier, whether that's called football addiction or cell phone addiction, right? I'm still... I'm still messed up. Yeah, and I think part of what makes it, and and maybe this clinically isn't right, but I'll just say for me, the way I look at it is, are there really these severe consequences to it? Like the the rest of today, I really don't have a lot going on. I'm going to go home. I mean, could I be out doing some shit in the yard or engaged in some other stuff? Probably. I mean, obviously there's some healthier things that I could be doing, 
But most of my week, I'm working and keeping up with things with the kids and around the house. I don't think taking a half a day to watch football that I enjoy is really a big deal. And if anything really important came up, I will turn it off and go take care of it. I mean, I still make dinner later on Sundays and, and take care of things that need to be done. If there's an emergency, it's not like... I'm like blowing off everything I got to do in my life and freaking out about football. I mean, how important is this other thing that comes up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. When I go back to doing therapy, I will be doing therapy sessions one hour at a time throughout the day with like a 15 minute break in between. I won't check my phone at all during a therapy session like ever. That's mm -hmm. just not a thing I do. So yeah, I'll pull it up once the person leaves and I have a couple minutes. I'll check it for a minute, do my notes before the next person comes in, but that'll be a lot more of my day where I'm not checking it. So really, I mean, it depends. Like right now, my life is just not super busy. I have the ability to check it. But is that like the alcoholic saying like, well, I don't drink at work? <laughs> like, hmm. I only drink between clients. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does kind of sound shitty, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, I don't actually drink during work. As <laughs> soon as I leave or as soon as I get there. <laughs> right before i get there right the only thing that would like prove that to me would be if like in the middle of clients i started walking out to the bathroom to check my phone or something like <laughs> yeah. oh, maybe i do have a problem yeah right you're out to dinner with some friends where is your phone out of sight out of mind in my pocket on vibrate so that i can check it under the table if i get a notification on the table in case i need it in my hand i can multitask no, you can't multitask, you rude fucks. I'll tell <laughs> yeah. you that right now. If that's your answer, you're wrong. Yeah. No, mine's in my pocket, out of sight. Uh, when I'm out at dinner with people, I, we don't do that. I don't do that. And that was what I was talking about with like after the meeting and stuff. If we go out to eat or something, I'm fine with putting my phone away and not touching it the entire time we're there, not thinking anything of it. That's just how I get down. Yeah, and, and I am not, but not... And here comes my justification. Yeah. It's like I really will only check or engage in like maybe text messaging with my wife or something like that. I'm not like checking social media or engaged in a bunch of fucking email or anything weird like that. Well, and that's where I like how my wife's texts make a noise and the rest of my notifications on my phone don't because I know if it buzzes, you know, makes that noise in my pocket that it's something that might be worth checking that matters. But beyond that, like my wife generally knows that. If I'm out and talking to people or having dinner with some guys, I'm not going to think anything of looking at my phone. I just don't. I'm engaged. I heard a group before where they would go out to eat after a meeting and everybody set their phones on top of each other in the, in the middle of the table. Hmm. And then the first person that checked their phone paid for the meal ah, for everybody. And I was like, cool. that's kind of cool. But I'd be there all fucking night because I'm too cheap, bro. I'm like, <laughs> right. fuck that phone. I ain't yeah, paying for right. this dinner. I don't care what it right. says. <laughs> Ordering all kinds of extra shit and dessert yeah. and everything else because you know you're not paying. I'm like, I, I will sit here till morning. I am not <laughs> right. touching my phone. <laughs> I'm cheap, too. I could probably win that. Yeah, I guess if nobody checked it, you, you actually split it the right yeah. way. But I don't know. It's an interesting concept. But, yeah, I'm all for it. I don't – when I'm out like that, I really do my best to respect people and be engaged with them. I'm giving them my time because it matters. So yeah. I don't want to be on my phone. I agree. I think I am, too. So which of these descriptions sounds most like your morning routine? Number uh -oh. one, I get up ready for the day. Head out the door. Only after all that do I look at my phone. Two, I get up and get ready. Then check my phone for the weather, email, social media while eating breakfast. Three, I wake up and reach for my phone to turn off the alarm. Scroll through my social media accounts for a while. 
Then get up and get ready for the day. Where was the one that said I'd immediately look at my phone before I do anything else? Was that, that was, one there? Yeah, that <laughs> one wasn't in there. <laughs> I, I guess that would be get up and turn off the alarm and start scrolling through your phone. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what I do. I mean, I, I have a slightly different routine right now. It, I'm sure it varies from time to time. I get up, turn the alarm off. Usually I get up before the alarm and turn the alarm off for some reason. And then I go down, make my coffee. And I walk out front and I scroll through my phone and play while I smoke my cigar. Yeah, and see, here's a weird, I guess, I don't know, technically, I guess I would be the first one where it's like I get up, get ready for the day, head out the door, you know. But in a way, I don't because, one, I turn my alarm off on my phone, but mm. I don't do anything else with it. I just turn the alarm off. But I do use my phone for music while I'm at the gym, mm. and then I have my workout routine is on there as well my exercises and workout stuff is on my phone so right. i'm engaged with my phone but not for social media or facebook or email or any of that shit i'm using it what i feel like is as a tool that it was designed for it's playing music and it's <laughs> you know helping sounds like a rationalization on, on track for my yeah yeah. I mean, that's the hard part about this phone is it does so many it's so intricately woven into my life in ways that are useful that it would be hard to picture living without it. Right. Do you ever use your phone while you're in the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> yes, all the time. I might have it in my pocket, but I don't use it. Gross, of course not. Do I ever use the bathroom without <laughs> using my right. phone is the question. Never. <laughs> yeah, I'm... me either. I always take it in with me. I will get up mid-poop and go grab it if I forgot yeah. it. I don't even care. Now, not if I just go in there to pee, though. I guess maybe that's... I don't take it with me when I pee. I do. do <laughs> Scroll through while you're peeing. One yeah. handed. <laughs> like, totally not addicted to my phone. Yeah. Though. I'm too paranoid. I'll drop it in the urine water. Mm. <laughs> like, then I have to fish it out. Yeah. I do put like that extra awareness level on when I'm doing that. I'm like, I definitely do not want to drop <laughs> yeah. this in the pee water. I don't use it in the shower. Because then what would you do? Would you flush and hope that it didn't go down? Or would you Fuck have to get no, your hand? I'm getting it in there. Just right away. Oh, just hand I'm right straight in immediately. In. Yep. <laughs> like, Bag of rice, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what yeah. about poop water? Would you go into poop water? I would have to. It's my fucking <laughs> phone, bro. <laughs> Cell phone addiction. Whew. Yeah, I don't know. No? What are you going to do? I mean, if you flush and it goes down, you're fucked. Your whole pipe's going to get clogged up. It's not going to go all the way down. <laughs> That's true. You can't just flush it. You got to. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you could try to get some, like, strainer or something and scoop it I out. I mean, I would probably, well, I don't know. Before I would stick my hand in there, I would probably try to find, like, a long pair of pliers or something that I had to try to get it. You don't have the bathroom poop tongs sitting around at all times? <laughs> no. The phone emergency. <laughs> yeah, the phone emergency poop tongs. <laughs> everybody needs these in their bathroom now. I'm going to market them. Would you rather have a conversation with someone through instant messaging or face-to-face? -face? It definitely depends on the person. Yeah? Yeah, there's a whole lot of people I can get out of conversations with. <laughs> through text messaging <laughs> oh yeah i didn't see that i'm bored you know got something come up now I, in general if it's somebody i really want to have a conversation with i love face-to-face -face conversation there is no replacement for that not a phone call not a video call that we do nowadays in pandemic times like that's the second best but i would much rather be face-to-face -face with anybody hmm. much happier that way. yeah i prefer face-to-face -face communications as well so how much do you pay attention to your phone's battery life it's a constant stressor. If my phone is under 50%, I start to plan how, where I'm going to charge it. 
I care enough to charge it before I leave the house, but I don't notice how much battery life it has left unless it notifies me that it is low. Or my phone shuts off sometimes because I forgot to charge it, but I don't usually notice. I have set my life up where I am never away from anything <laughs> so long that it can't be charged readily next to me, generally. I don't stress it too, too much, but when I go on vacation is the kind of times I notice that because then you're not around plugs all day long. And so that's the times when it does bother me a little bit. I don't know that I'm super worried about interactions with people though or notifications like i'm more worried about making sure i have it so i can take pictures and so a lot of times when i go on a vacation or a long day where i'm going to want it for that kind of thing i'll turn the the airplane mode on or one of those other features battery savers yeah i don't really care about the notifications i just want to make sure the battery lasts so you're all using day. It for your camera as well yeah yeah and i don't even have a phone charger in my car which jen panics she's like how do you not have a phone charger in your car i'm like Charge it in the morning before I leave the house. It's on 100%. Mm. When I get home, sometimes it's low. Usually, especially at work, it gets low sometimes. I do have a charger at work because if I'm really busy, right, I'll have to use it a lot. But usually, I don't care that mm. much. I don't use it that much when I'm out. That I'm just always low. buy a charger. <laughs> Your phone buzzes or bings. Do you check it immediately? And, of course, the answer is, of course. I check my phone as soon as I realize that it's buzzed. It depends. If I'm in a meeting talking to someone, I'll wait a little bit to check it. Three, not necessarily. If I'm bored or have nothing to do, I'll check it, but don't feel the need to pick up my phone every time it demands me to. Huh, my phone made a noise. <laughs> mine doesn't make many noises. Yeah, mine doesn't either. And when it does, it just gets on my goddamn nerves. It's usually a phone call, and I'm like, what the fuck are you bothering me for? And it's usually a spam call. I'd have to say it depends. If I'm in a meeting talking to someone, I'll wait a little bit to check it, probably. So, why did you take this quiz? Because <laughs> I was bored and scrolling through my phone? Ooh. <laughs> I'm worried that I might be addicted to my phone. I wanted proof that my phone habits aren't that bad. Okay, I admit it. I need help. <laughs> I'm worried that I might be addicted to my <laughs> yeah. phone. Yeah, it's definitely a weird thing to think about. And for me... I constantly am looking at different behaviors in my life to basically analyze the risk-reward scenario and, and to see whether the habits that I'm getting into are unhealthy or causing harm or causing unmanageability in my life. Right. Or are they just some things that I'm doing because I enjoy them and I like them and they make my life a little happier? I think the really tricky part with this one is parsing it out between I mean, there's the cell phone addiction, internet addiction, technology addiction, video game addiction, porn addiction. Like, how do you sort that out, right? Because I think it would be very easy to have somebody come on who's got all the same behaviors, but it just happens to be that what they use their phone for is like porn videos. And they don't consider themselves a cell phone addict. They're a porn addict or a sex addict. Or It's just so tricky trying to label all these different behaviors. I almost feel like we just need a scale of... And I don't even know if addiction is the right word that we want to use, but some word that encompasses all of these things, and it's more the behaviors than the thing. Right, and I think that's the importance of conversations like these, and I believe that's what the Social Dilemma documentary, like that's sort of what it brings up. It's like it's not a matter of 
trying to say you should use your phone or shouldn't use your phone or mm. your phone's bad or Facebook's bad or any of that. It's really just awareness. Like right. we need to honestly take a look at what things are causing harm or destruction in our lives and how bad they are. For some people, it's video games. For some people, it's pornography. And then we can plan what our course of action is. Pornography is my issue. Then the phone's probably not the problem. One of the other things they talked about in there as uh, part of the stressors and part of people that are vulnerable to this stuff, it's people that have underlying issues going on in their mm. life. Anxiety, depression, unresolved issues. The same right. things that you typically see that people that are addicted to substances have mm -hmm. are common with people that have some of these phone addiction and they got know, some aces internet addiction <laughs> yeah and so some of the recommendations are cognitive behavioral therapy you know addressing some of these underlying mm -hmm. issues and that may help with some of your phone addiction right issues and i'd love to have somebody on that goes to an internet addiction or phone addiction program i don't even know if that yeah i don't know if that's a thing i'm that exists. sure it's a thing but i have no idea where or how large or small it is maybe even an expert that treats people who struggle with this pretty frequently i just think that would be hugely interesting to get their perception on it so maybe in the future we'll look into getting somebody like that on here that'd be great i guess i'd have to find them that would be step one and then yeah. inviting them it's interesting right because we can have these behaviors manifest in all different kinds of areas i think we talk about this a lot just that idea that some of them don't seem as bad and i think we talked about it last week with stacy a little bit like where do you draw the line right is your fishing really a problem in your life is your artistry or musicianship or whatever these positive behaviors are you're working out is that a problem for your life and what kind of distress is it causing? And in the therapy world, the number one qualification that every diagnosis needs is that it causes life problems. Like if it's not a problem in your life, it doesn't matter if you really experience anxiety, we're not gonna diagnose you, period, because it's not causing an issue. And I just think a lot of these, the issues are smaller or not as easy to see, right? right. So like with the cell phone, it does it cause minor issues and some disconnectivity from the people in my life? Yeah. Yeah, it does. There's no doubt about that, that there's some. Is it enough to really make me want to get up and do something about it? Not really. It's not like, you know, when heroin had me isolated in a dark room by myself or an alley. Like, this is a little different, right? I'm like sitting on the couch next to my family. So it still kind of feels cozy. And that's the tricky part, I think, is that these ones that don't cause as much dire consequences and low bottoms are just hard to want to do anything about. Right. And I think another part of this for me is recognizing, one, maybe some of my behaviors aren't so bad or that I can keep an eye on mm. something so that I don't fall into the traps, but also the awareness of how it's affecting other people around me. In my case, specifically my kids right, or even my wife, because I tend to think she has an issue with cell phone stuff. And we talk about that. You know, it's nothing. It's a big secret. I just... I think she spends more time on her phone than she needs, and she has some really unhealthy social habits centered around her phone. Man, and, uh, I didn't want to call Kim out on all that <laughs> stuff, but just but, saying. Well, it's things I've brought up, and she recognizes that it can be an issue. Just having the conversations and awareness, it's like nobody's surprised when you say to someone, oh, that person was drinking too much and became an alcoholic. You know, mm. it's like, yeah, that's what alcohol does. 
And I think the same thing with technology. It's like not everyone that picks up a phone is going to immediately become an alcoholic, but the potential is there for people to get sucked in, to fall into traps, to get a phoneaholic. Yeah, to become a phoneaholic. And of course, it's important that you recognize that there are differences. If your issue is pornography, just taking away your phone probably won't fix that because you can get porn other places. Yeah. Social media is the same way. Taking away the phone might be causing more stress in your life, which just drives you to your addiction even more. So right. trying to figure out exactly what the problem is, where the problem lies, and then figuring out what to do about it. So if you or someone you know is suffering from a phone addiction or an internet addiction, please reach out to us because we would love to talk to you. You got anything else about it? No, I think I feel vindicated in my phone usage. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and I feel better about myself after my limited research into phone addiction. Uh, I don't feel any different. I feel right about where I was. I kind of know I sort of have a problem, but that it also sort of works itself out as my life gets busier. And so I'm probably not going to do anything right this second. So I do have a, a weird, I don't know if this is like chicken or the egg type stuff. Like, so a bunch of the recommendations that they said I had already done, not because I was trying to avoid technology, but like the notifications thing, all the notifications were off on my phone. Cause it's fucking annoying that this thing is making all this noise in my right. life while I'm trying to go about my day. So is that because I'm living a healthier life or trying to live a healthy life and engaging in certain practices that I happen to do that? Or is it just coincidence? Have you ever been around somebody that has all their notifications on? Yes. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> yeah. fucking obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Bing, obnoxious. Bong, uh, I'm like, what the fuck? I fucking hear it at work in the office all day. People's phones going off. It's annoying as shit. And they're embarrassed by it. Like, when they're <laughs> sitting there with you, they're totally, oh, my God, I'm sorry. Right? And I'm like, what? God, yeah. that's how your life is all day long? I would, I don't know. So if you enjoyed the episode, if you enjoy the show, please reach out, talk to us about it. Tell us about your experience with the show, about what you've experienced with cell phone and internet addiction. Tell a friend about the show because yeah. that's how people get to hear us and we get more people to interact and we learn more and more about the world because that is what this show is, a yeah. personal journey of growth. So while you're addicted to your cell phone, reach out to us. <laughs> all right. That's all we got. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to share it with people you think might benefit from the conversation. Look us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to join the conversation also and share your ideas with us. We'd love to hear it.